Hello and welcome to another episode of Spoiler Appetite. I'm Tristan. Okay, before we dive into this episode, I am actually recording this the day before I record the rest of this episode with Brittany. The reason being is because I am here to talk about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and I talked to Brittany and she told me she wasn't going to be able to see this movie by the time I saw it or by the time we both start recording this episode. So I just figured, you know what, if she won't be able to see it by the time we record, I might as well give my thoughts out first. So... The Rise of Skywalker. Now, for me personally, my take, I did not like this movie. So much so that I will say I actually hated this movie because there's just so many things wrong with this movie. Well, for starters, you know, it. if you haven't seen the movie and you've seen the reactions, specifically the one, the ones where it says it totally just, like bashes the last jedi and yeah i'm here to tell you yeah it does do that uh a few times and i just it try it definitely tries to make up for the last jedi by just trying to be two movies into one as my friend put it yeah that that's what this movie is and yeah i look for me personally i try to not you know, let that persuade how I'm going to view this movie. But once I actually sat down and watched the movie, this movie is not good at all. Because, as I said, or as my friend said, cramming two movies into one. Definitely felt that. Definitely just, there are definitely moments in here that I do not like. I don't like some of the decisions they made with this movie. Now look, for me personally... Uh, this my 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 hate for this movie might also come from because I think as far as the trilogy the uh, the sequel trilogy goes, the Last Jedi is my favorite. I like the uh, the different ball decisions they made. Granted, there are some certain decisions I didn't like in the Last Jedi. You know, one being the Rose Tika uh, character was good up until they decided that hey, she's in love with Finn at the very end. I didn't buy that at all. I also didn't buy the Cantino scene between Finn and Rose. And, you know, I get it. It's more of a character development kind of thing. And showing the other side of the galaxy, which is like, okay, I don't really care for that either. And then how they handle Phasma, just basically bring her back just for Finn to kill her off. And it's like, you could have done that in the first movie, you know? But, okay, yeah, what a letdown. And then... The weird comedy in The Last Jedi just really, really threw me off. And most of the comedy jokes or whatever just really threw me off. And I was just not a fan of that. Overall, you know, everything else, I totally dug. I really dug the other things besides those four things. And, you know, The Rise of Skywalker. I just, it tries to bring, you know, tries to like... Bring those people back, you know, trying to apologize for what happened in The Last Jedi, just being like, look, 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 we know you don't like the new thing, and you know, you don't, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do something for you, and it all started with Emperor Palpatine. Now, okay, first things first, gonna say it now, spoilers, <laughs> I mean, it, there's no way I can talk about this movie without 
spoiling the things I liked and didn't like about this movie. And yeah, so if you haven't seen it, uh, you know, if you don't care for spoilers, awesome. Welcome aboard. Everybody else, you might want to duck and cover. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. First things first. Let me get out of the way of uh, things I liked about the movie. There are only two things I liked about this movie. Well, three things I liked. I think as far as performances go, everybody does a great job. I think everybody does a totally great job with what they're given with the bad writing or whatever. And another thing I like, I like that we got a flashback between, you know, Jedi, uh, Luke Skywalker training, Leia. That was pretty, like, surprising, even though seeing CGI Leia was kind of, like, really off-putting, like the young Luke Skywalker, which I kind of feel like, is that, that, that's, is that Sebastian Stan? Because that, that could have been Sebastian Stan, but I don't know. But the CGI Leia was weird, but I still like that scene. I really do. And then the other scene I liked was towards the end where Ray just got her ass handed to her. Not by much, but she, she's just feeling hopeless and all this business and looks up to the stars and she just says the quote from the very beginning. She's like, be with me. And you hear all these voices of the Jedis from the past or whatever. Just being like, trying to, you know, boost her up. And, you know, all this business. You hear Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Anakin Skywalker, Mace Windu at one point. And it's just like, it was a nice scene. It was a nice scene. And that's about it. <laughs> That is about all I can say about this movie that I liked. Um, I, I where do I even begin? Okay, first of all, when the movie started, the opening crawl, the dead speak or whatever, and you know, Emperor Palpatine has sent out a message saying he's back, and it's like this is a um okay. I've never really. I felt it felt weird reading that whole opening crawl. It was just like, okay, I guess. And the movie opens with Kylo Ren just wrecking shop, and then he finds the uh, location of Emperor Palpatine with a map cube thing or whatever. And yeah, uh, already you know we're already getting introduced to the Emperor Palpatine, and surprise, surprise, well. Yeah, surprise, but no mention of how he survived. No mention of how he survived. All we were given is like, you know, this some sort of like message of like the dark side and all the Sith Lords, no many tricks or whatever the hell he was saying. Kind of weird. And, you know, Kylo was like, why would I keep you alive? And Palpatine's like, I give you the ship of the dead or whatever. And it's like, um, okay, I guess. And it's also funny when Kylo Ren is uh, basically uh, looking for Palpatine. Palpatine is like, I've been every single voice in your head. So much so, he makes him his voice sound like Snoke and Vader. And then we see a jar of Snokes. And that was the first indication of like, okay, everybody wants to know where Snoke came from. He's basically a clone, and it's like, okay, alright, we're gonna do fucking clones now, okay, whatever, whatever, oh, trust me, it just, yeah, that, that wasn't, that was just the beginning, 
it was just like, okay, we really, does y'all really have to go there? Like, okay, you didn't, I just, okay, what's the, mm, I don't want to know. I don't care for it. Anyways, but yeah, the movie is just like, the movie moves very quickly and doesn't sit to take in those, like, moments of breathing and fleshing out and dialogue between people. And it's just like, what the hell is going on? It does have those moments, but nothing significant that stands out. You know, it just, I don't get it. And then we see, we do get, we do see Leia training Ray, And so who knows how long it's been, but yeah, Ray is a little bit OP in this movie. It just, yeah, she's, you thought she was OP in those other movies. Boy, wait until you see this movie. <laughs> I just, okay, yeah, um. But then they just, yeah, okay. Another thing I didn't like, and I feel like this was the moment that really was like, I'm going to have a really bad time with this movie. They bring up the parentage of Ray again. Like, I thought we were done with this crap. I thought we were done with this shit. We established that she's a nobody. Well, turns out, as you know, Ray is trying to find this cube to find Palpatine or whatever Kylo Ren is taunting Rey about you know you know who you are and all this business and it's like oh god please don't tell me and you know even Palpatine was like you have no idea who she is do you and I'm like oh don't don't you dare tell me they're gonna go where I think they're gonna go and yeah and then we get a hint of who she's, uh, yeah, where she comes from. By, you know, Kylo and Rey have a tug of war between a ship that supposedly Chewbacca was on, but wasn't really. And so they're having this tug of war thinking Chewie's in there or whatever. Well, Rey, think, Rey uh, thinks Chewie's in that ship. And she, trying to have this tug of war, she spits out, well, not spits, but like force lightnings it out of her fingertips and blows the ship up which ultimately didn't mean anything because Chewie was fine he was just on a different ship which was like what why would you it just felt like aha you thought we were gonna kill off a character you love psych it was like this that didn't need that at all I just okay yep I can't take it that was bad and then we find out the reveal that uh, Ray is actually the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. And that's when I was just like, I am ready to leave the theater now. I am... I'm ready to leave the theater. I mean, it just... I cannot believe we brought this up again. We're bringing this crap up like... My God, Star Wars fans, does it really matter where she comes from? Who cares if you weren't satisfied of like... She's a nobody. She can't be a nobody. She has to be somebody significant. It's like, this is, no, like, who cares? Why does everybody have to be related to everybody? It doesn't matter. Can we just have a new character and not something tied to the past? Like, oh my god, I hated that. I hated that. That was, I feel like that was the moment where I was like, this movie is so not going to be for me at all. I'm not feeling this at all. I just feel like this truly feels like this is a sequel to The Force Awakens and a little bit of The Last Jedi, but more of The Force Awakens. And 
it's just it's a no for me. I'm sorry, but I just I couldn't take that at all. There's just there's a lot that I just don't like about this. And, you know, Ray, yeah, it's just oh, there's a lot of action and it's just like I love action, but even I'm like if there's if I'm complaining there's too much action, your movie has a serious problem then. Cuz yeah, I mean, you can have a lot of action as long as you make it entertaining. And as long as it's the right length of it or whatever, then yeah, we should be good. But there was way too much action for me. And I was like, I don't know. Nope, not at all. Mm. Another thing I was like, I was surprised. So, the redemption of Ben Solo. I wasn't expecting this at all. I just felt like it made sense of made sense for him to like stay evil throughout the whole trilogy because he proved himself he was he's done like he there's no going back now he killed his dad he killed uh supreme leader snoke he was ready to take charge and then we have this arc where he's like had this self-reflection of like what he's done all this business because uh leia called out to him with everything she's got with her whole force powers manages to distract him while he's fighting Rey on bits and pieces of the Death Star and Rey basically stabs him and then heals him afterwards and you know she takes his ship and yeah there's that uh and then we just we see him just staring out and then you just hear hey kid and then there's Han Solo and it's like where the hell did you come from and clearly it's all in Ben Solo's head, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, and you know, he's just like feeling this regret of killing his dad. Which, again, from the pre- previous two movies, there was no sign of him regretting it. And that's the thing. With this movie, it shows you quick flashbacks of Ben Solo just seeing all that, what he's done in the past and killing his dad and... Now all of a sudden we're supposed to feel like he just kind of feels bad that he killed his dad. And it's like, no, that's that doesn't... You're, you show me that one thing. And no, I don't feel that. And, you know, he has a moment with his dad. And it's like, yeah, I I don't think I have the strength to do it. And, you know, Han is just reassuring him. He's like, I know. And, you know, sure enough, Ben Solo throws his lightsaber into the ocean or whatever. And he's a good guy now. And it's like, okay, don't buy that at all. Then we get to another jab at the last Jedi where Ray basically is on the island where she was training with Luke for a little bit. And the last Jedi crashes, I guess. It's on fire. Kylo Ren's ship is on fire and she's just throwing wood at it. Whatever. And then she grabs Luke Skywalker's uh, lightsaber, which I kind of am like okay you know I don't need a full explanation but I was just like why would she why would you rebuild okay if you know how to or whoever rebuilt the Luke Skywalker lightsaber why wouldn't you just make your own or tell that person to hey can you make a lightsaber with my staff which comes back later in the last movie where we see she has her own lightsaber and it's yellow yeah, why couldn't you have just done that? Why did you need to have Skywalker's lightsaber rebuilt if, you know, 
if she built it or whoever built it or fixed it, why not just have her get that somebody to make a lightsaber? I, okay, I mean, granted, I, I guess it's because, you know, lightsabers are hard to make, I guess, but yeah, anyway, she's gonna, she throws the lightsaber into the fire, and sure enough, Luke Skywalker force ghosts, Luke Skywalker catches it, and is like, you don't throw this in the fire or whatever, and it's just like, oh, that's, yep, there's a backhand to the Last Jedi, which is like, kind of funny, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, it, yeah, he's over that face, so I guess it makes sense for him to say that, so, whatever. But yeah, um, also, is it just me, or seeing Force Ghost Luke was kind of weird? Just looking at his hair, I was like, that, I don't know if that's a wig, but man, something about his hair as a Force Ghost is really putting me off. I'm like, I don't, why does he look like that? Is that a wig, or maybe it's just the his hair being too long? I don't know. I think I'm just going crazy. I don't know. It was just really weird to me. Didn't take me out of the movie, but still. Very weird. We get that. Yeah, another thing. So, talked about how I didn't like Reyes being a Palpatine. Uh, also, the teasing of uh, Ben Solo dying. They tease him dying three times. First with Rey killing him at first, then being healed. And then towards the end of the movie where Rey... Is about to have a showdown with Palpatine. Ben Solo is there to help him as well, which is kind of nice. I like that she Ray had not only Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, but also Leia's lightsaber as well. I thought that was pretty cool. Again, that brings me back to what I liked about this movie is that flashback between you know Skywalker training Leia, Luke training Leia. I thought that was a pretty cool scene. But yeah, I just, I thought that was pretty neat how, you know, she puts, um, I think it's Leia's lightsaber behind her back or Luke's behind her back, you know, because she's about to strike down the Emperor Palpatine because Palpatine is like, you can't save your friends. The only way you can save your friends is if you strike me down. Puts the lightsaber behind his back and sure enough, (laughs) Kylo grabs it, which is pretty cool. I mean, I like that they... You know, in this force Skype call, they can actually interact with each other now. Like, they can full-on interact with each other. I felt that that was a nice build-up from The Last Jedi. thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, Ben Solo just kicking ass with the lightsaber. That was great. So, you know, those two, Ben and Rey, going to go up against Emperor Palpatine, which I, I also kind of like that. Palpatine... It's just all kinds of fucked up. He has to have a machine basically help him around. He can't do anything. He's fucking blind to shit from the looks of it. His finger he's missing some fingers or whatever. And you know. So he basically they tease another uh tease him dying again by having Palpatine suck the life out of him and then throwing him off the edge of a cliff. And then he finally just comes back up and he's still alive. And after Rey takes on Palpatine by herself, kills him, drains the life out of her, I guess. I don't know how after the showdown, that really weak, pathetic showdown between her and Palpatine, and she's just dead. Which, I gotta say, 
Man, I tell you what, it was creepy looking at her dead body, especially when she, because specifically because she had her eyes open. It was like, what the hell is going on? Close those eyes. Why aren't your eyes closed? Like, this is really creepy. And then Ben Solo just rises up, gets up, because I guess the fall wasn't even that deep. So, you know, he uses the force to heal her. And yeah, she's back alive. Then they kiss, and I gotta say, I I don't know if that scene was supposed to mean that, yeah, they, they're in love. Because I never felt that in the movies at all. Like, there was never a scene that I got the indication of like, oh, yeah, these two are like into each other. N- never got that sense at all in these movies at all. Not at all. That did not feel earned at all. I mean, I guess you can make a case where in The Last Jedi where they finally touch each other's fingers or whatever. Maybe that's where the uh, the interest in each other were, was going. But I, I didn't feel that at all. Because even in The Last Jedi afterwards, she's going to go save Ben. But Ben is just like gone. And, you know, especially after the throne room scene, Ben is like, it's all mine now. I am the supreme leader now and so again i never felt that they were in love at all it was just so damn weird i don't get it at all and you know after they kiss ben solo dies because i guess he used of all the force he used to heal ray i was like okay i guess he's dead now and now and yep there he goes he disappears which is like, okay, I, no, I don't, okay, you, te- you tease him dying twice, and it's just like, what the fuck, okay, not happening, movie, not happening at all, also, you know what also doesn't make any sense, Ray versus Palpatine, Palpatine having all this power, shooting down a bunch of uh, ships with his force lightning, then goes up against Ray, and it's like, is he is he holding back? Like, um, shouldn't it, okay, yeah, okay, okay, this makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, that was a yeah. I don't think about that. That's a okay, yeah. Didn't make any sense. Anyways, movie basically ends with Ray going back to Luke's home where he grew up on Tatooine. It was a nice scene. I really dug it a lot. She's she buries both Luke and Leia's lightsabers, and it was great. Then they, you know, there's a character that sees Ray and is like, "Who are you?" And Ray's like, "I'm Ray." Ray, who? She turns to the side and sees a uh, Force ghost of Luke and Leia. She looks back and she's like, "Ray Skywalker." And I was like, "You, you motherfuckers." I was like, no. I literally was like, I, I, I was in the theater just like saying no. And I was just like, I was, you, I couldn't. I was like, why, why, why does she, like, why does she need to take on the name Skywalker when she didn't even have that close connection with Luke at all? Because from, because this movie 
obviously takes place a couple years after The Last Jedi. And through that whole time, she never hung out with Luke. But I guess, you know, she took the name because she hung out with Leia so much. And it's like, no, I just, no, I, I don't. Because I, I mean, I guess because, I, I, I guess because the Skywalker name means something or whatever. Puts the fear in the enemies, I guess. Maybe that's why she took it up. I don't know. But I just felt like, couldn't have you just been Rey? Couldn't have you just been Rey? I mean, I know it's a nitpick, but I don't, I don't feel that at all. I just don't get it. And also, it was kind of nice to see that, again... She has her own little lightsaber, and it's yellow. And I just... That's pretty nice. And I'm like, oh, finally they do something with the staff. Or part of the staff. She has her own lightsaber. Now I'm just like, oh my god. And is it the wrap-up of the saga? Skywalker saga? Not really. Again, that whole marketing of like... the This is the wrap-up of the Skywalker saga. I see the conclusion. It's like... Yeah, the the conclusion is about like ten minutes of the last, like at the very end, the, the very ten, the last ten minutes of the movie is the wrap of the Skywalker saga. Cause yeah, uh, but yeah, I I think overall, again, I hate this movie, but luckily for me, I'm not gonna hold on to it like some Star Wars fans hold on to their hatred for. The, the Last Jedi or the prequels or any of the Star Wars movies that they hate. I'm not going to keep bringing it up and bashing it or whatever. Because it's just like, it's, you know, life is too short to hate on things you don't like. You know, life is very short when it comes to hating things. But yeah, that's that's just me. That's, that's my talk of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Hopefully, if you've seen the movie, you probably dug it a lot. You know, I am kind of wondering how do, you know, Star Wars uh, fans in general, you know, people who, I guess, I, I, I wonder who, like, okay, so regardless if you liked The Last Jedi, and I again, I feel like if you hated The Last Jedi... You, some people are gonna like this movie then. I, I, I kind of feel as like they will. I don't know. But I am kind of wondering, it's like, in general, how do the Star Wars, like, the, the average Star Wars fan, not the ones that are like, very nitpicky and, you know, all this business. I wonder how the average Star Wars fan feels about this movie. Did they like it? Did they not like it? I mean, I'm kind of curious. But, Anyways, that's my thoughts on Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Thank you for listening now. Enjoy the rest of this episode with me and Brittany. And we're starting the episode now. Uh, Welcome to the rest of the episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Thank you, past Tristan, for transitioning to this part of the episode. Um, So... Yeah, welcome back, Brittany. Hello. Uh, so real quick, how was your holiday? It was good. Also, I'd like to please don't lick my phone. That's the last thing I want you to do. Um, I apologize because I have two dogs. Do not jump on me. Go away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. My holiday was good. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. Mine too. 
<clears throat> don't need to get into that rant again from the last episode, but yeah, it was a good holiday. Yeah, there's that. Um, so yeah, also congratulations, Brittany, for you have finally survived college. So, yay! Thank you. Yay! More, okay, more time. This is with not your food. Go <laughs> away, please. More time with me. Yay! Okay. Um. So yeah, today's gonna be an interesting episode. All right. As far as, as topics goes, I have... Okay, so Mandalorian wrapped up. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I I gotta say, as I said, I tweeted this out, and I just said, uh, of all the Star Wars content we've been given by Disney, I feel like this is the best one that they put out. And the way it wraps up, I'm not gonna spoil it, even though I want to, but there, I feel like the show, it has its things I didn't like. Mainly to deal with mm-hmm. side characters in some episodes, but I did like Baby Yoda. It, yeah, Baby Yoda. There's that. Yeah, which at first I was like, when I first saw it and not seeing it in context, I was like, oh boy. Then actually seeing it in context, I'm like, okay, I buy it. I buy it so much. <laughs> but yeah, I I love that. I, there's just so much. You just feel like there's so much lore and like there's just more. There's, there's, there's some, there's, there's depth to it, and the whole Mandalorians and stuff like that. My favorite thing about the whole show is the fact that you never see him take off the helmet. You never really see him take off the helmet at all. And I was like, kudos. Yeah, that's good to know. What now? So that's good to know. He never takes off the helmet. Yeah, I mean, it was just. I was <laughs> like, I am. That's that's insane. I mean, but I I give them credit, and the way this episode, the the season finale, ends, and I also like that it's eight episodes. The whole it not being an hour didn't bother me. Like these episodes are like quick and short. I didn't mind that at all because I, I was they? already so invested into it. But yeah, I I truly liked the Mandalorian a lot. So there's that show. Another show that. Actually, me and Brittany watched, well, I, okay, so, we're gonna talk about The Witcher, for (laughs) however much we watched. Um, Brittany, I think, I I don't know, (laughs) do you want to take it away, because, how did you... I mean, I can, but I'm not gonna be very good at it. I mean, okay, so, you've only seen the first episode. Uh, sort of. Oh, you watched, like, half of it? Um, no, so, <laughs> I, for some reason, thought it was going to be one of those shows that you could, like, look at your phone while mm-hmm. watching, mm-hmm. and it is majorly not. Right. So, um, like, I looked up, and he was talking to this girl who led him somewhere to, like, his library thing, and then... And then he was like, you brought the girl to me to kill me, blah, blah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I, like, looked down again because I was like, I'm sure it'll explain it through locally, right? So I looked down again, and then I look up, and now he's walking with the girl. He's like, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, what? Like, why would she tell you that she's wanting to kill somebody? And then I look down again, and then I look back up, and a whole, like, fight is going on. And I'm like, okay. And I turned it off after that. So you're just like, you're watching bits and pieces a bit from the sounds of Basically. it. Basically. Okay. Yeah, because um, well, I was listening, but they don't 
like talk about anything. Right. I got you. Yeah, okay, for me, from the very beginning when they casted Henry Cavill as the Witcher, I was very excited because, one, I love Henry Cavill as an actor. That's just me personally. So I'll watch that guy do anything, but... And it's a new show, and, you know, it's coming from Netflix, and I didn't know some people were saying this is going to be the Game of Thrones killer, and I'm like, oh, so it's got a high bar, and people love the video games, and I heard it's, you know, an adaptation of both the books and the games, and this is me, from where I'm coming from, and a lot of people keep telling me that, you know... You need to read the books or at least play the games to appreciate it or whatever. And my yeah. whole thing is like, that's, this is where I differ with you people. Like, no, if, like, here's the thing. I'm not saying the show is bad at all. I'm not saying yeah. it's bad, it's stupid or whatever. I gave it three episodes like I do with any new show. I wish I could have right. done this with uh, Titans or whatever, but I, I stupidly kept going for some reason. But, um... I gave this show three episodes, and, you know, as much as I love Henry Cavill, I couldn't get into it. I, I was waiting for the hook to, like, get me in it. Like, I knew where this, uh, one of the sto- side stories or whatever, with the princess mm-hmm. or whatever, trying to find Gerald or whatever. Like, I was waiting for that to, like, come into play, but it never did, and then we're seeing Henry Cavill as the Witcher doing what he does and killing monsters, which you'd think would be awesome, but... There's got to be more, right? Because, again, I need that hook, and nothing's, like, really hooking me in. And then you have this character who has magic powers and is being trained to become the next sorcerer or whatever the hell is going on over there. And, yeah, like, this show clearly has some depth to it. But I just Mm -hmm. felt like, after three episodes, didn't really hook me the way I wanted to. And it's kind of weird because I kind of compare this show to uh Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing movie or whatever it very much in a weird way it very much reminded me of that movie for some reason just seeing all these monsters and shit like that and you know this time period that they're in it's just like okay whatever I will say again it's not a bad show it's just not for me it's not hooked in and you know people saying I need to read the books and uh play the games to understand it and I'm like no that's that should not be your job as a showrunner. If you're going to make a show, make it for everybody. The same way you do it with like a show that you do any other non-IP show, like a Stranger's Things before. I'm pretty sure, you know, there was no lore to it or whatever. You just do it like, you make it as a show. And, you know, you can't have, like, the fan service and, you know, the fans are going to be there regardless. Like, there's no doubt about that. But don't cater to the fans i mean spoilers well not really spoilers but look at the the rise of skywalker i'm not gonna get into it but the rise of skywalker just yeah that that thing but yeah don't cater to your fans please make it for everybody but if you can make it if you can't cater it to your fans and everybody else great you successfully got everybody on board but for me i'm just like i couldn't really get into it because i'm like I'm sure I would love the lore, but I'm just, I'm waiting for it to pick up and, like, hook me in the way I wanted it to. And three episodes in, I I couldn't do it. And from people who are coming from my position are saying it picks up around six, seven, and eight. 
And I'm like really at the very last end, like that's when it starts to like deep dive into it. I'm like that late in the game. I mean, okay, I'm not gonna go back. I, I just I don't want to go back, and it, it kills me because I'm like, I think Henry Cavill is great in it. I think everybody's great in it, especially towards the end of the first episode where, as far as the action goes, yeah, they go all out with that shit. It's very violent, like. He's chopping dudes' heads off and shit and, like, decapitating people and all kinds of stuff. And it's great. And I like it. But I just... It didn't hook me the way I wanted it to. And, oh, well. And, you know, kudos to those who love it. And, you know, because you guys are getting season two after all. But, yeah, for me, I'm just like... I couldn't get into it, unfortunately. Again, it's not a bad show. I just... I wanted that hook to hook me in. I mean, yeah, that's just that's just me on The Witcher, but yeah, I'm very disappointed by it. So, okay, so today's episode is mainly going to be a top 10 episode, and for me, I it's really weird that we're coming to the end of the decade. It's really weird. Oh, yeah. So, not only am I going to do my top uh, favorite movies and worst movies of the year i'm also gonna do a top 10 best and worst comic book movies of the decade and Brittany, which one did you do you think i should start with the comic book one or the movies of the year um do whichever one you feel most passionate about well that's why i'm asking you like what do you think just pick anyone I don't know comics, so I guess let's go with movies. Okay. So, okay. So, which one do you want to hear first? Let's start with uh, the best comic book movies of the decade. This is my personal list. It's going to be very different from everybody else. I'm sure Brittany made one, which, spoiler, she didn't make a list because (laughs) that's too hard for her. And, you know, I don't blame her for that. I mean, it is kind of nutty how many uh, comic book movies came out this decade. Starting, mm-hmm. alrighty, so on my top 10 favorite movies of the decade, started with number 10, Deadpool, the first Deadpool movie. I think that movie is just so great, and it's the first time we get the actual Deadpool everybody wants to see, and yet it really made an impression on the world as well, not just for the fans, but everybody else, and saying, hey, this can totally work if you do it right with the right team and all this business, and I just... I loved it, and I love that, you know, the whole idea of he he's, like, very, dis- like, he's disfigured, and he doesn't want to go back to the love of his life and whatnot, and I really bought that chemistry between them. I really bought those two, that those two were in love. I mean, the whole, the holiday sex scenes, like, that was, that was pretty amazing, from National Women's Day to Christmas to Thanksgiving, oh my god. I loved it. And it's like, yeah, the the villain, who cares? You're just there to see Deadpool breaking the fourth wall and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, for me, not being a big Marvel nerd in the comics or whatever, I had no idea Colossus was a Russian. I had no idea at all. I mean, I knew what he looked like in the comics and great, but I had no clue he was a Russian. And, yeah, damn. And the CGI looks great, too. Like, that's... It's wild. 
And so, yeah, I really loved Deadpool a lot. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that's that's Deadpool for me. So, Brittany, is Deadpool in, would you say, if you had a top ten, that would be in the top ten for you? Like, mm. not, no? I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I can't remember all the movies that came out. I will say that Deadpool 1 is definitely better than Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2 should yeah. have been made more carefully because I feel like they were just rushing to make money. Right. Instead of actually taking the time to make it actually a good film. Right. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I enjoy Deadpool 2 a lot. I don't think it's better than Deadpool 1. But for what they do in Deadpool 2, I felt like, yeah, this... I, I bought everything, even though it didn't really make an impression on me like the first Deadpool movie. But yeah, it's because first Deadpool movie, you have just your main characters and your side characters are like cohesive and then the second one it's like we have x-force we have you know we have it's basically terminator in a way with deadpool 2 but still i i still had fun with it but yeah deadpool number 10 number nine which i'm surprised nobody ever put this on their list and that is the first kingsman the secret service and I I loved Kingsman. I remember just being like, I don't know what it was that made me want to watch it. Maybe it was because Mark Hamill had a cameo in it, but I remember just watching that movie and how like it's it's like James Bond but on cocaine. And you know, again, I'm not I'm not one to watch spy movies at all, but Kingsman was just one of those movies that was like I really like this and its goofiness and Taron Egerton is great. I would, and you know, he's he's very good at what he does in this movie, and yeah, I, I truly liked it. But yeah, did you ever see Kingsman, Brittany? Of course. Okay. Eggsy is adorable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which, again, Eggsy, like, oh, that's his name? Eggs? Okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, but then again. That's like the main reason why I went to go see it. <laughs> right. Because like I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, he's cute. Yeah. And then like, of course they had that like cafe scene or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, that looks cool too, but I'm going to mainly go for this cute guy. And if yeah. it's not good, well, at least I got to watch a cute guy for two hours, you know? He should have been the new Spider-Man. Shoot. No. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, uh, and let's not even talk about the sequel, but I will say I am looking forward to the prequel that takes place in the early 20th century, 1920 or something like that. I don't know, but I, I'm looking forward to that Kingsman movie. Kingsman 2 was just like, oh god, you, you really ramped up the cheese with it, and then you brought back, what's his name from the first movie, who, like, really played his, you know, spoilers. So, Eggsy and the Kingsman has his mentor. He ultimately dies, and it uh, and it pushes the story forward. Then the second one, they bring him back, and it's like, and that's when they really ramp up the cheese and the cheesiness and whatnot, and I just, I couldn't take it. I was just like, I don't, I didn't like it, because it just felt way too over the top for me. And, you know, Kingsman <clears throat> is very over the top, but... Never does it cross that line of being, like, too over the top. But that's just me. Uh, as far... Okay, so getting on with number eight, which, again, nobody put this on their list from what I've seen. 
X-Men First Class. I I feel like, as far as, like, X-Men team-ups or whatever, I really feel like this is the best one we've ever seen, whereas with the previous ones, before X-Men First Class, it just felt like Wolverine and the X-Men, whereas with X-Men First Class, this was the beginning of the X-Men and all coming together, and there's, you know, you got uh, Eric, aka Magneto, on the, on the, uh, you know, seeking That's out his revenge. That's with that split dude, right? That's what with, now? That's with, like, the younger... Yeah, this was the first X, time we okay. saw, you know, young Charles Xavier, young Magneto, and everybody. Oh, okay. I really dug that. Yeah, I like that, too, because, I, like, I always wondered how he became, like, crippled. Or, right. like, if he was born that way. Right. And so the fact that, like, I saw what happened, I was like, oh, Yeah. No. And, <laughs> granted, as <laughs> I will say, you know, in the other movies... I will never understand in X-Men Apocalypse why they need to show him going bald. I never understood that part. But anyways, yeah. And, you know, Magneto, I mean, Charles Xavier being crippled, that was great. That was so great because it added more emotion to it. And it basically snapped Magneto, who was ready to, like, you know, make all those missiles hit those Americans and and whatnot. I yeah. I was like... Yeah, this is this is awesome. And you think at first it's like, oh, he's he just wants revenge. That's all he really wants. And then when he's like, nah, humankind will never understand, you know, uh, us mutants and whatnot. And I just, I like that this was the beginning of that rival. And, you know, they were buddies in the beginning. They were buddies and you felt like them. And even though they had different ideologies and you saw that I really appreciate that a lot and yeah it's just it's a very I feel like X-Men First Class doesn't get talked enough about because I'm just like it's so great and yeah it's an origin story but it's pretty damn good if you ask me um I think everybody's just tired of like the X-Men movies I don't know I, I I think because of the fact that you know, X-Men Apocalypse wasn't great, and, you know, we don't even have to mention how bad Dark Phoenix is, but maybe that's why, and maybe, I don't know, they just, they don't stand, and again, this is the time where we're getting into the MCU movies, and, you know, people like the X-Men, but they're, it's not the big game right now, at, at that moment at least, but, yeah, X-Men First Class, I, so, I was very surprised nobody, of the articles I read, nobody put that on their list. Number seven on my top ten comic book movies of the decade, Guardians of the Galaxy. I gotta say, I was one of those people that, when it first came out, no clue who they were. And at first I was like, I don't... And I was not feeling the trailers at all. I was not feeling the, the comedy style of it at all and all that business. And, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. And then I saw people saying, this is basically this generation star wars even though a year later we were going to have star wars the force awakens but i was just like i don't want to i'm i'm good and then i finally just manned up and just like saw and i was like holy shit that was a lot of fun that was really fun i really had fun with it and we're in space and shit and the the uh, the whole the soundtrack is great i just i loved everything about it i thought it was so great and Chris Pratt, I have no idea who that is, but man, he's good. I mean, so great. And that was the moment that I realized you cannot 
underestimate uh, the MCU and at, at what they do. But yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy had a lot of fun with it, honestly. Uh, yeah, that's... What was it like for you, Guardians of the Galaxy? I mean, it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Nothing more to say. Alright, number six on my list. Gotta go with the first Avengers movie. I mean, I just... I have... the I, I, When I first saw this movie, it was in the IMAX, and... Seeing it all come together, I didn't realize how big this would be. I didn't realize at the time because I was just like, hey, it's another comic book movie. But man, I remember just seeing it and it just goes. It has nice pacing and, you know, the characters, everybody gets their due. There's great moments in it. Like my favorite moment in this movie is where it's Iron Man and Thor fighting. And then here comes Captain America. I think this was the first, this was the moment that really saw it's like, was basically the moment that I was like, all right, you know, I love Captain America, the first Avenger, but now I really like this character a lot because he, Captain America just comes in and he's like, throws his shield at these two and he's like, hey, that's enough. And, you know, Thor is like, no, Captain America's like, you want to put that hammer down? And and Iron Man's like, uh, no, he likes his hammer and Thor just backhands him with the, Thor, uh, the, the hammer and... Thor is just so angry. He's like, you want me to put the hammer down? And here he comes with this hammer. And all Captain America does is raise his shield. And all those trees just gone. <laughs> like, I really like yeah, that. Yeah, that was a really good scene. It was just, it's little moments like that that make me appreciate the MCU. It's like these little moments. It, it, it's really what does it. And also, the Hulk, uh, Loki thing. Oh my god. That was... What a great timing it was. Puny God. Loki acting like he can, like, overpower the Hulk and the Hulk just, like, smashes him or whatever. And it's just, like, puny God. I love that. And I also love the little jokes between Thor and Hulk where Thor was, you know, handling Hulk for a minute. And then as they're fighting the, uh, the, the Chari army or whatever in New York... And you get to that uh, moment where they're on that uh, big alien thing or whatever. And, you know, mm-hmm. they crash into this one place. And Hulk just, like, straight up punches <laughs> Thor out of, the scre- oh. out of the shot. Oh, my God. That was, like, that had me in tears. That was so great. I just loved it. And, again, the Avengers, like, you brought all four of those characters together and just... You just did it. Everybody, like, never does it feel like, oh, this is a Captain America movie. Oh, this is an Iron Man movie. No, this is a Thor movie. Never does it feel like that at all. It Everybody gets good screen time, and everybody shines in their own little moments, and I truly love that. And, yeah, the Avengers, I, yeah, definitely, definitely a huge one on this list for me. Um, but, yeah, Brittany... I gotta, I gotta ask you, Avengers for you, like, did you know, like, how was it, how, like, okay, so, when Avengers came out, I remember going to school, especially in my theater class, and everybody was talking about the Avengers, and I was like, I'm not alone, I'm not alone, oh god, I'm not alone, (laughs) but yeah, I just, the way that it impacted the culture is pretty damn amazing, I mean, I don't know, I could gush about the Avengers, and the whole impact it had on society. I just, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think many of my people were talking about it. Right. Right, um, yeah, because it's just... because, like, they didn't really go to movies. Like, yeah. I was the moviegoer. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I watched it, and I liked it, and I still like it, and I'll watch it over and over again. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know, like, I, I was the nerd of the group, you know, so... Right. Like, while everybody was, like, gushing over guys, I was gushing over superheroes. Right, and see, that's the thing about the MCU. It's like, here's how you do it. You make it for everybody. Don't, don't, you, you know, it's fun to cater to the fans when it's necessary and have that fan service, but make it enjoyable where everybody can understand where us fans love these characters and all this business, and yeah, yeah, the Avengers. Number six on my list. But now we get into the top five, which may surprise how this is going to go. Because, oh, to quote Jedi Master Skywalker, this is not going to go the way you think. Uh, Starting at number five, Shazam. I mean, I, I, again, maybe it's because when I heard they're going to do the Shazam movie, I was like... You can't make Shazam dark. You just can't. Like, I mean, you just look at that simple premise of a boy who says one word and becomes a superpower. Just has a, becomes into an adult, has all these powers, and it's like, yeah, you can't make that dark. You gotta have fun with that. And the fact that they did, I, I really loved it. And it's, it's, it's sort of a Christmas movie, I think. I don't know. It's been a minute since I saw Shazam, but, the whole fa- it's family. It's not a Christmas movie. I, th- I mean, I there's mean, Christmas in it, but there's it's not. Okay, so mm-hmm. wait, Christmas. Okay, so this is. For I think there's d- like a tree. Okay, so wait, like, I was think it? there might have been like a tree, but it wasn't like literally focused around Christmas. If that makes sense. Oh, it was around Christmas time or whatever. Yeah. See. Yeah, like I think there might have been like a Christmas tree in some of the scenes, but I don't think like they were like, "Oh, Merry Christmas," you know. It wasn't the day off. Yeah. Okay. See. See, this is another date for another time, but if it's set around Christmas time, it's a Christmas movie in my eyes. Like, but that's a different debate. Anyways, but Shazam, I love the family dynamic. I love that we got a look of, like, the whole, like you were saying when we first talked about this movie, about how the orphanage and how, you know, Billy just wants to find his mom. And, yeah, the heartbreaking moment where his mom just didn't really want him at the end of the day because she didn't feel like she was a good enough parent and oh this movie has the heart and has fun it's just like oh god this movie just oh i love it i honestly i cannot wait for the sequel which i'm so glad they announced the sequel because i'm like oh god don't you leave me hanging right here but yeah i i truly love shazam it's definitely Definitely you could show this to any kid, even though there are some really twisted, dark moments in here, which is like, oh, maybe not show the kids this part. But yeah, Shazam, I I truly loved it. It's definitely, definitely a big high for me. And that's why it's number five on my list. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's me. Number four, Captain America Civil War. Now, see, I'll just spoil it. Captain America's Winter Soldier isn't on this list, unfortunately. But Captain America Civil War was that movie where I felt like if you were if this was the first time you saw an MCU movie, you wouldn't be lost at all and you would 
appreciate for what it is because they they quickly show you the whole like where they're coming from and they even show you found footage or whatever of why the government wants to sign these uh Sokovic accords or whatever because the Avengers are out of control or, and whatnot and I just loved it I really loved it and for me personally it's like I can't choose a side but if I had to choose one it's gonna be Captain America because it's like yeah the whole point of like what happens if they send us somewhere where we don't want to go like yeah I I gotta go there because it's like it's your life why should you be sent there but at the same time it's like well you are a superhero so I guess it wouldn't make but it just feels so wrong and we get the introduction of Black Panther and the best Spider-Man I've ever seen put on screen with Tom Holland and oh I don't need to get in that story of how I was like I don't really care to see Spider-Man but at the end of the day I was like yeah that's that's totally I like that they actually got someone who looks like a high schooler and is in high school and I like that yeah that's definitely for me. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I could talk about Captain America Civil War. And also, fun fact, I'm sure I've said this before, but I took my mom to go see Civil War. She never seen any of the other MCU movies because, one, <laughs> she she doesn't like Marvel. She just, she doesn't like Marvel in general and just, she's she's just not into Marvel. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was because of the fact that she took us to go see those Spider-Man movies, and she was just like, this isn't my Spider-Man. This isn't my Hulk or whatever. And But I remember just taking my mom, and she really loved it. She was like, oh, my God, now I have to watch every single other movie. I'm like, yes, because then you're going to get the whole emotional impact of this whole movie. And, yeah, ever since then, I converted her. You know, she still loves, she still prefers Batman and all of them, but still, yeah. Number three on my list. And really, it's the only animated movie I have on here. Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. I, again, this is a movie I have on digital and on Blu-ray. And I never buy Blu-rays. And But I just love this movie to death. I just feel like, personally for me, it's, it's definitely my favorite Spider-Man movie ever. It's just, not only, it's very much like the Lego Batman in the sense that, you know, it... It knows what it is, it knows its character, and it respects its character for all of the decades it's come, and all its resources and all the source material, it respects the character like, oh, I loved it. And, you know, again, I love that Peter B. Parker is the adult Spider-Man, and where he's like, yeah, shit happens. <laughs> like, I am. oh, I just, I loved it. I loved it so much, and... I'm so worried to see this sequel because I'm like, Ugh, I would, I want it to be as good as the first one. I don't, it's not gonna happen, but man, just, just, just make it good. Just make it a worthy sequel. Is all I hope for when it comes to sequels, anyways. But still, that's for me. All right, now we're down to my last two, which, given any other day, sometimes I'll flip them. Sometimes I'm like, no, this is right, but. Uh, these last two were hard for me to put in place. Number two on my list, I gotta go with Logan. I feel like if you were a kid growing up watching him as Wolverine, this movie will hit you like a bunch of bricks. And in the best way possible, because at the end of the day, how they send off this character was perfect. I just felt like, yes, I totally feel that this character has felt so much loss and, you know, 
He was brought into a family, and then he just watched them all die. He outaged them all, basically, and, you know, tried to help a, you know, very old Professor X who's, like, losing his fucking mind. Not losing his mind, but, like, can't, is not Charles that we used to know, because he's just so much older, and, whew. And, yeah, he is pretty much the most powerful mutant, as established in X-Men 2, where he could literally just... He could just think it with Cerebro and just kill everybody with his own mind. And, ugh. And it's rated R. I mean, again, definitely suited for what the movie they were going for. But, yeah, I truly loved it. Yeah, Logan, I just... I And this is the movie that really... And I totally believe that we are never going to see him as Wolverine again. And I am so happy because I was like, what a perfect way to end his run on that character. Like, yeah. I don't want a new Wolverine anytime soon. But you know what? The day that they announce a new Wolverine, I'm going to be happy about it. Because I'm like, at least they didn't bring Hugh Jackman back. That's all I got to say. Uh, Alright, number one. So, Brittany, do you want to take a guess at what my number one is? Swear to God, if it's Batman versus Superman. No, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, good. No. After that, you got nothing. Not even an MCU or DC movie. Is it Endgame? Um, It's not Endgame. I mean, come on. Trying to think about what you thought about um Joker. No. I'll give you one last chance. <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to think about like what you used to talk about a lot. Oh, man. I mean, I've talked about this movie beforehand. I really did. I really did, and it means something to me, Brittany. <laughs> Should I give you a hint? Is it Green Lantern? No, why would it be Green Lantern? Okay, no, oh my god, you no. were obsessed with that stuff in high school, man. Like, yeah, but luckily I outgrown it and saw for what it is and it was just like, uh, yep, no, no, no. You know, I like Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern, but everything else is just a no for me. <laughs> no, come on, Brittany. It's, okay, I'll give you a hint. It was the movie that made me want to read comics. I've only said this once on this podcast with you especially (laughs) you've done so many podcasts okay Um, and I also don't remember all the movies that came out this decade you know how long that is yeah I know and that's why I had to do a listen I've talked about mm, I don't even want to say if it's a Marvel or DC movie because then that'll really like I All right. You, no, it won't. Do you do you give up? Because I'll just say it. Is it DC or Marvel? Not gonna tell you. <laughs> Why? Where's the fun in that? Because there are so many DC and Marvel movies. Like if you tell me, I guarantee you, I still. I will mean, not looking at this decade, there was not a whole lot of DC movies. Honestly, there's not a whole lot. Maybe that just gave I you the hint. It wrong. Maybe that just gave you the hint, Brittany. <laughs> I want to say it's like a Batman movie. Is it a Batman movie? Because, I mean, I'm how many Batman movies have Batman we had? Movies. That's 
I'm just going to say it's one of the Batman movies. That's my final guess. Okay. It's not. It's actually... Cool. It's Man of Steel, Brittany. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Again. I was close. Yeah, you were. You were so close and had... If you had said, you know, a Batman movie in the first place, I would have been like, it's the other guy. But, yeah, it's Man of Steel. It's, again, it's the movie that made me want to wa- uh, read comic books. And I, w- I was there the beginning of, like, the opening. Midnight screening is when I was there. I was at a midnight screening, and I watched it with a friend. I really love this new take on Superman of like, what if he is in the the, the real world? And at first I was very put off by that, that idea. I was like throwing Superman in the real world. Why would you do that? And then I finally saw her. I'm like, actually you can do that. (laughs) I mean, I love this movie. I mean, it's got enough action for me and it's got enough like, yeah, like maybe you know granted this isn't the superman everybody wants to see but it's like you throw him into this real world and it's like forget that it's dark or whatever like it very much puts on you know it very much touches on the issue of like those people who feel like yeah i i don't feel like i belong in this world i don't know where i'm going or whatever very much delves into that and especially with man of steel where he's been told from you know his dad his well his dad on earth telling him you know you can't do this you you shouldn't because the time is right time isn't right and you know you're you're gonna have to figure out this on your own so much so that he lets his dad die in tornado which again yeah he could have prevented that but at the same time i think the bigger lesson was the fact that he was just like don't like just don't do it kind of stupid yeah i'll give you that but other than that i just i like it and i will still defend to death of the whole, you know, Superman breaking Zod's neck. It's like, he had no other choice. I mean, given what the movie was given, he had no other choice. And granted, again, the problems I, I think people have with it is comes down to the writing of the decision-making, which I totally understand. But then looking, because, you know, but looking at the movie that we were given, I felt like everything was earned. You know, granted, what comes afterwards with Batman v Superman, I just felt like... I thought we were over this, but okay. But uh, but anyways, yeah, Man of Steel for me. It's my favorite DC movie ever. And you would have thought that a Batman movie would have made me want to read comics. But no, it was actually a Superman movie. Yeah, so that's my top ten. Uh, starting with ten, Deadpool. Number nine, King from the Secret Service. Number eight, X-Men First Class. Number seven, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number six, The Avengers. Number five, Shazam. Number four, Captain America Civil War. Number three, Spider-Man Into the, into the Spider-Verse. Number two, Logan. And number one, Man of Steel. Now, here's where we can really, like, have some fun. So, my top ten worst comic book movies of the decade. Oh my god, just looking at this list, it's just like, there's been there's some there's been some great movies of this decade comic book movies of the decade, but there's also been been some really shit ones. And granted, some of these, I won't say, mm, let me just get into it. Number 10, starting with number 10 of worst comic book movies of the decade, Thor of the Dark World. I, <laughs> I don't understand this movie at all. I don't get how you go from like being with the first movie being about like, 
fathers and sons to something about the dark elves coming to earth and there's a bunch of portals and shit and I don't I don't get it. I don't understand what they were going for. It's just like, okay, we're introducing this infinity stone that gets put into Jane's butt or whatever, but I don't care and I don't buy them as a couple. I just don't. It just seems like they they're just trying to get like get away from each other more so they get together, but that's just me. Um but yeah, Thor of the Dark World. But apparently somebody here thinks it's like one of the best or whatever. If I remember correctly, you put this somewhere like very high in your list of favorite comic book movies of the decade or favorite of the whole MCU as a together. I don't know if I put it very high. Oh my like, god. Yeah. I, okay, so I do remember that. Like... I do remember you saying that. I was like, that high? Are you serious? But you know what? Whatever. That's you. That's your opinion. Fine. Whatever. That's you. I I disagree, but whatever. But yeah. But again, it's not nearly as bad as the rest of these movies that I have here. Like, yeah. Anyways. Okay. Number nine. X-Men Apocalypse. I... There's only one good scene I like about this movie, and that's the Wolverine scene. And that's it. Everything else? About the one where they walk in and he says, fuck off, and they turn around and walk out? No, that's that's first class. And X-Men Apocalypse, oh, he's like, he has this little helmet on him. Like, it's the Weapon X thing or whatever. They're trying to break out of this facility where they get captured after the explosion of the, the, uh, the X-Mansion or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Brittany. It's a very forgettable movie. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and I'm sorry. The only thing that stick out is the bat, and you know the whole. Yeah, let's show how Professor Xavier lost his hair. Oh, why did we need? We don't need to see. Why can't you just say it's old age or just shave his head completely? You don't need an exp- explanation about it. Like, okay, whatever. And the threat of apocalypse never felt that at all. And then we can also say, yeah, Magneto had, a, you know, you know, Magneto had a family. Wait, what? Yeah. I, does anybody remember that? Not really. And that's his, whole, that's his whole motivation to join Apocalypse, which was like, uh, no, I don't buy that. Um, but I remember yeah. he had a family because um, he saved somebody and then he was added as a and then they sent people after him. And instead of that's right, doing, doing the decent thing, they shot his family. Right. On accident, apparently, but still, that was like, okay, that's enough for him to, like, not trust humans again, which, alright, I guess I'll give you that movie, but everything else, I just, okay, I don't, and also, I knew it from the very beginning when I saw it in the marketing, them in their iconic X-Men suits from, like, the comics or whatever, I literally was like, that's at the very end of the movie, isn't it? And sure enough, it was, I was like so stupid or whatever I just I couldn't deal with it at all and yeah that's just that's me um number eight on my list it's this year's Hellboy (laughs) um this movie is very this movie is very disappointing the only good thing I will say about this movie is that uh is (sighs) The only good thing is him fighting giants. 
And that's about giants. it. Yeah, he fights giants at one point. That was that was the only good thing about it. Also, I liked him as Hellboy. And yeah, I liked him as Hellboy, but I just everything else I just felt like there was no okay, I get it you're adapting this storyline from the comics or whatever, but there was no sense of like care when crashing this movie. There was no sense of care. I didn't care for when Hellboy lost his dad or whatever in the movie. I didn't care about that because he was a major dick. I just, again, I was just very disappointed by it. And, ooh, it's rated R. It's like, yeah, see, rated R does not make a movie good, even if it's a comic book movie. Like, it doesn't work at all. And I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with this at all at all and I just I just didn't I just wanted it to be over oh man I just I can't I couldn't really do it alright hold on I gotta stop this recording alright and we're back <laughs> just had to take a call real quick um so yeah Hellboy number 8 I need a glass of water now okay Number seven on my list. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh my lord. Okay. I Where do I even begin with this movie? I, I really, really... First thing, the movie has it going with Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. That's great. Everything... That was the only good thing about this movie. Everything else? Yeah. Not good. Very cartoony with Rhino and then... They try to make you feel something between Peter and Harry Osborn and just doesn't work. No, it does not. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do with this movie at all. And so much so that this was what really like ticked me off was the whole, uh, they tease, they, they show you like the, it's going to be a showdown between Spider-Man and Rhino. And that's what I was looking forward to the most. And then they cut to the black screen, just as the fight was about to begin between those two. And let's not even go into the whole, like, you know, the whole establishment, the the whole, like, uh, what's it called? Not chemistry, but the whole showdown, like, the whole, like, why Spider-Man's going up against Electro. Because... Let me let me direct you to a movie called Batman Forever. It's basically the same thing. It's basically the same plot. And you can do this, but just not this way. <laughs> like, you can't... It's too cartoony. You don't really feel for it at all. Like, you can make a villain be inspired by a hero without having it to be too damn cartoony. And yeah, I was not a fan of that at all. And ultimately, it's kind of what it killed those movies at the end of the day, which, for better or worse, I truly, I liked The Amazing Spider-Man 1, but this second movie, who, God, who, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I just, mm-mm. Also, the death of Gwen Stacy, I'm sorry, I didn't feel anything for that movie. I mean, that person. Um... Yeah, because they literally went out of their way to show a web forming into a hand to reach out to Gwen Stacy. And I'm like, oh, you just really took me out of the moment. I started laughing. I thought that was funny. And then you hear her 
neck snap and it was like ooh Jesus but I was just like I was so taken out of the moment I was like haha she died like I don't care so that's just me um Brittany you never really liked the Amazing Spider-Man movies did you no not really I thought okay. they were kind of stupid but yeah. uh but yeah. I mean I did feel something when Gwen Stacy died cause I mean it's sad yeah like you know the impact that she has on like Peter, no matter like yeah. throughout like the other characters. Right, right. So um, exactly. I just yeah. I don't. Mm-mm. Nope, not for me. All right, number six. Now, Brendan, this may surprise you, but let me assure you, where number six is, the the stuff above six is so much worse than this movie. Green Lantern at number six. Um, <laughs> I think. Again, the only good thing going for this movie is Ryan Reynolds. Everything else, especially what I know now about Green Lantern, the character, everything else just horribly mishandles what they were going for. Sure, you can look at it as that. It's a new take, but Parallax is not a big floating head. I just, he's, if you really want to get goofy with it, you might as well go with his original form, which is sort of like a dragon-like form or whatever it's all yellow and stuff but and yeah the the whole parallax and the stuff on oa was great everything else is like i don't understand and look i'll be honest cgi green lantern suits makes sense to me because green lantern does not put on a suit he like forms that with the ring to make his suit so it made sense I like those designs, but other than that, everything else is like shit. And so much so that you forget that Amanda Waller actually is a character in this. Amanda Waller, a.k.a. the one who forms the Suicide Squad. So I gotta imagine Green Lantern was trying to be the setup for the DC Cinematic Universe at that time, and oh boy, it fails. It fails, and I will give the CGI mask a no as well like okay i like the suit but the cgi rubbery mask did we have to like you guys couldn't have polished that up betterly like okay whatever there's just so much wrong from the script and the story and you don't really care for how jordan and whatever her name is hmm i don't know yeah yeah me neither me neither but yeah, Green oh, Lantern. I forgot about that movie as soon as I walked out of the theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Green Lantern. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. I, for me personally, Brittany, these last five movies are so much worse than Green Lantern. I know Green Lantern would be like number one for you for sure. But, uh. Green Lantern for me is number one yeah. in my life. Yeah. On worst movies. Gotcha. Uh, I feel the same way, but with Batman and Robin being the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. But um, anyways, another subject for another time. Number five on my list, Iron Man 2. This really tries to like, I don't know what it is, but this movie that is I that hate, when people are blowing up? It's with Whiplash with the guy who's like, I want my bird or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, not yeah, a, I, I like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. does great. I think all the side characters except for the villain is what really ruins this movie and the plot in general, I guess, kind of ruins it to me. And 
You know, then we have Tony Stark being drunk because reasons. And also trying to, like, form up the Avengers. Like, let the audience know, hey, the Avengers are coming. It's like, okay, I guess. Alright, whatever. I don't really care. That's just me. Number four on my list. (sighs) I talked about its previous movie beforehand. (sighs) Kingsman the Golden Circle. Now... Again, I think Kingsman the Cone Circle is so wrong on so many levels because of the fact that they did bring the mentor back from the first movie after he got killed in the first one. Kind of a big mistake there. And again, too much cheese in it. Too much. It's too over the top for me. And also, was what was the point of introducing the uh, the what's it called the Southern? Uh, Kingsmen or whatever, whatever they're called, with Channing Tatum and Halle Berry and all of them. It's like, why? Oh, the Texas Kingsmen. Yeah, I was like, I mean, that's kind of interesting, but at the same time, get this yee-yee-haw shit out of here. Like, it doesn't... Okay, yeah, they brought the mentor back to life or whatever with uh, some jelly or whatever the hell they did. Um, But yeah, I... Yeah, it kind of undermines the whole motivation for exiting the first movie it's just like why he i like those two as the together but it's kind of nice that you know exy is like taken in control and he's becoming his own person yes he do, does still feel the loss of his mentor but why does he need to be back there doesn't it doesn't there's no there was no good reason to bring it back honestly i just felt like there was no good reason to bring it back and it's too over the top and yeah, that's Kingsman for me. Also, why have Channing Tatum be in the movie for like five minutes and then he gets sick or whatever and he's nowhere to be found because he's in bed or whatever. It's just like, you had Channing Tatum. Why are you guys putting him to the sideline? Like, I mean, all right, whatever, I guess. Would have not been nice to see more of him and granted, I'll take Halle Berry over Channing Tatum, but still, it's like, Wish he had more to do, but whatever. Um, now we're getting to the top three. Oh boy, Brittany. Now, I don't think you saw this movie, and for good intentions. But uh, number three, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four movie. I I've seen all the Fantastic Fours, especially the one that came out in twenty fourteen. That's the newest one, the remake that they did, right? Yeah, that the remake that they made, yeah. Yeah, I intentionally went to the theater to see it. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I was like, okay, we're doing a different take. Cool, okay. And, you know, again, starts off great, and I was like, what's everybody complaining about? And then it gets to that one-year transition. It's like, holy hell, what happened? <laughs> I was like, so we're just going to skip that whole progression to see these characters you know come into their powers and whatnot we're not going to see that progression okay and we're just supposed to yeah yeah i don't i don't know what's going on and then dr doom is a fucking idiot because okay he makes he explodes uh people's heads or whatever right with his mind or whatever but when he faces the fantastic four he just like nah I can take you on one-on-one. It's like, just, you don't even need them. You could just pop their heads open. It's like, look, 
if a character is OP, depending on what it is and the context and like disbanding my disbelief or whatever, some things I can let go. But after seeing him like explode like ten people's heads or whatever, it was like, so you're just gonna forget you had that power, right? I mean, because obviously it didn't take a toll on him. He didn't seem like he was struggling when he did it, but. Yeah, this movie just really sucks, and the 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 dynamic between the four—it's like a few times it works, the rest not so much. And yikes, uh, yikes is all I gotta say with Fantastic Four. So that's my number three. Number two, number two is Venom. I, I. <laughs> My problem with Venom is the fact that there's the tone is did not mesh well together. Like they were trying to be serious and then they wanted to be funny at the same time. It just felt like the two tones were not meshing together at all for me. It's just like it felt like it wanted to take itself seriously but then throw in jokes which kind of just like they're bad jokes at the same time it's like I don't mind humor but like it just felt like most of the time it was trying to be some of the time it's serious other times it's slapstick and trying to be goofy and funny it's like this feels like a comic book movie from the 90s who wrote this script and then the oof, the uh, the post-grad scene with Woody Harrelson yeah, could we have just let him just be bald? I don't care if he was a redhead in the comics. You just let him be bald or get a better wig because, wow. And his performance, what even is that performance? You know, this movie is good because the Tom Hardy and the Eddie Brock and the Venom dynamic is good, I guess. Not really, but I don't really care for it. But anyways, yeah, Venom, no, no go on me. I think it's just... I, I when I first saw it I was like this is the worst comic book movie of the decade it's so much bad than Fantastic Four and all these other movies and then I saw my then I saw another movie the following year this year and I was like oh no this is the worst comic book movie of the decade and that was Dark Phoenix the uh, the last chapter of the X-Men story Dark Phoenix I couldn't even tell you what the plot is. <laughs> I was like, okay, so the plot is Jean Grey has his power and the X-Men are on their, like, looking for her because she's on the run because she doesn't want to hurt her friends or whatever. And then, hey, we got aliens over here for the first time in an X-Men franchise. It's like, uh, okay. This is so wrong on so many levels. And what really hurts is the fact that I like this cast of characters. I like who they... And it's just like... You just feel like... Man, I hate you all. <laughs> I just hate you all. I don't buy anybody's motivations. I don't care for anybody. So much so that Jean Grey dies at the very end. It's like... That didn't feel earned at all. And the performance by Jessica Chastain... As the villain, I was like... You're not even trying. Like, there's no... there. You're just a one-dimensional character. And I can't... I'm not, no, it's not, it's a no for me, and then, so many stupid moments in this, it just felt like, whatever, this is so bad, but the fact that they actually 
they had an ending where it's like, okay, Charles Xavier is going to retire from, you know, teaching school at his ex-mansion or whatever, and he rebrands the school name Jean Grey or whatever, and it was like, she didn't do shit. Like, yeah, she sacrificed herself to help her teammates at the very end of this movie and had to help in taking out Apocalypse, but that's it. Like, never did I feel like she was the golden child of the X-Men. Didn't Never felt like that at all. And, yeah, and Charles Xavier retiring was like, what the fuck? And then he has a chess match with Magneto, and it's like, guys, you... Uh, you <laughs> look, it's bad enough your movie was terrible beforehand, but the fact that you're going to end it like this as if... This was a great conclusion to that great movie. It's like, it's a no. Like, it's a no for me. I just... Woo! That blows. <laughs> I just... Yeah, Dark Phoenix. Worst movie of the decade. Yeah, worst movie of the decade. Can't really say that because I haven't watched every movie of the decade, but definitely the worst comic book movie of the decade. It was just... Woo! Yikes. Don't, I still haven't seen it, but I apparently know how it ends now. Don't watch it. It's not worth it, Brittany. It's really not worth worth it at all. It's really not. It's just even the action isn't like all that great. It's just like, yeah, this is so exciting, so exciting. I'm so like on the edge of my seat right now. Nope, not at all. But anyways, let's talk about <laughs> better things. Let's talk about my favorite movies of 2019. Okay, real quick, my friend's on our way, so you got about 30 minutes. Oh, no. Might have to do this separately then. But, okay. So, you know what? Hmm. Is it bad that I kind of want to... Ah, whatever. Anyways, uh, let's just... Yeah, okay, let's... Should I do... Which 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 list do you want to hear first? Which list do you have? Uh, my My favorite movies of 2019. Or well, it's worst. just one list, or, so... <laughs> like, okay, worst or best? Which one do you want to hear first? Well, since you said uh, best for the like, comic book movies, might as well go with my worst movies in 2019. Yeah, because it seems like your worst movies are the ones that I don't really think are that bad, so... Yeah. My worst movies are really not that bad? Okay. Um, no, Green Lantern is way worse than Venom. I don't know why the hell you decided to put... Green Lantern lower than Venom. Oh, trust me. I have my reasons. I already told you my reasons, but... Yeah, um... But yeah, my I have my reasons, you have your reasons. And we'll just leave it at that. Anyways, okay. I'll start out with my worst movies of the 2019. I only have six. Um, I put... <laughs> these are my worst, less disappointing movies of 2019. Starting with number six, The Good Liar, starring Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren. Um, so, basically, Ian McKellen plays a con artist who's trying to, you know, con Helen Mirren by acting like he's in love with her. And then, I don't know if you want to see this, Brittany, but I feel like I have to spoil this where it totally was like, what the hell? So, I don't... Do you want to see The Good Liar, Brittany? I don't think you've even heard of it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I heard of it, and I'm pretty sure I'll see it at some point. Okay. Because I have that, like, movie scratch-off thing. Oh, okay. And if it's a 2019 movie, it's on there. But you don't have, like, any interest in general to see it. 
I mean, no, but like I still hate spoilers. I, okay, <laughs> well, again, Brittany, it's not. It's not a. If you have it on your little scratch board, but I will just say this: it's not good. I'm gonna have to spoil it. So, um, okay, so I knew this was coming. Where Emikon was gonna con Helen Mirren's character or whatever, and I knew from the very beginning, it's like she's actually gonna like con him or whatever at the very end. And sure enough, it she doesn't con him at all. She basically has been spying on him for like seventy years for some reason. Well, the reason being is because. These two have met before, at a very young age, and E. McCallan's character raped Helen Mirren's character, and so for years oh. she's been plotting out this revenge. And I'm like, I I knew I knew she was gonna turn on him, but I didn't expect that. I was like, okay, that's kind of. It's bad enough. I was very like, eh, this movie is everybody's great. Everything else, I'm like, eh. But that was really the moment I was like, I don't know what to say to that. It's like, okay, cool, she got her revenge. But I was like, it would have been nice if we had known that she was doing this in, like early on in the movie instead of it being like, surprise, even though we knew she was going to catch him at the very end because I just, I just had that feeling. Sure enough, it was. And that review was like, I... I, I, I kind of wish I never saw this movie now because I'm like, that was so stupid. Like, okay, cool, got your revenge. But at the same time, I'm like, why wouldn't you? Why? I feel like you could have done this as a series. Show her side of the story instead of like showing it at the very end of her plotting it out and explain to her, explaining to him that you know I've been trying to get this revenge on you and you know I've had eyes on you and all this business and it was just like. This could have been done as a mini-series, but whatever. Right. Number five on my list. It's going to be a very shocker to everybody because I love this director a lot, and that is Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, you didn't like that movie? No. It's not a bad movie. It's just... Yeah, I've also never seen that movie as well, and I do plan on seeing it, so... I mean, okay. I will say the last ten minutes... Last ten minutes... It's very it it turns into a Tarantino movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind Tarantino doing something different, but with mm-hmm. this, I just felt like. So, what's the plot again? I mean, is there even a plot? Because all we're doing is just following these two guys in old Hollywood, and that's it. And hey, they're Sharon Tate, and she's in it for like five minutes if you add all her scenes together she's in there for five minutes i was like did you even need to see her and yeah we saw the manson family and blah 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 but i uh, okay so we're just we're just in a time period where we're looking at old hollywood and all this business they're just i mean yeah okay we have the actors who are like in their mid they're in their mid crisis or whatever they're not the leading actors that they thought they were in the day back in the day and so we're just we're following these two characters through all of Hollywood. There's no real progression or anything and Okay, I guess. And you know, but 
don't be mistaken because I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Leo or Brad Pitt get a nomination because let me tell you, those two are fucking awesome in this movie. As much as I was disappointed by this movie, those two are awesome. I mean, it was fun watching those two, and I ah, I love those two. I loved watching those two. But yeah, that's just for me. Uh, number four on my movie, uh, Brightburn. So Brightburn is basically. I also haven't seen that, and I also want to see it. Brightburn <laughs> is basically, you know, what happens if the anti-Superman, right? Yeah, anti-Superman, and I will say, after yeah. walking out of it, I was like. You know, in concept, it sounds great, but when you actually put it as a movie, it's like, yeah, it it would go like this, and that's it. Yeah. I just, I didn't really care for it. And, you know, again, when it comes to horror movies, I, I just let go of, like, re- reality or, or whatever. And in this mm-hmm. movie, it's like, it's really hard not to, like, because the mother is just stupid as hell, because it's like, no... Your kid is a psychopath. Like, oh my god, how many times do you need to see it? You've seen what he can do. And you're not going to question that. Okay, whatever. Number three on my list. I'm not going to spoil this movie because it just came out. The Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Star Wars. Okay, thank you. The Rise of Skywalker. Now, if you listen to the very beginning of this episode, you know why it's on this list. Uh, and, you know, granted, I tried to not look at it because of, like, I saw the reactions, and I was like, there was one that said something about The Last Jedi, and I was like, they're not. And let me tell you, no spoilers, but they really do backhand The Last Jedi. It's like, I don't care if you didn't like The Last Jedi, but when you go, when you watch this whole trilogy... Episodes 7 and 8 are cohesive. When you get to this movie, it feels like you just... You are missing a lot of stuff. They don't explain some certain things. And ultimately, there's fan service in it. For better or for worse. It's no Avengers Endgame where it feels like, yeah, that was earned or whatever. There's a lot of fan service. It literally was like... It's like what I saw on the internet. Somebody read the uh, the Star Wars forums about what people wanted to see. You want this? Boom, you got it. You want this? Boom, you got it. You want this? Boom, you got it. None of it feels earned. And there's definitely some moments where it's like, you really, specifically one moment that I was like, y'all did not just fucking do that. I just, th- okay, first of all, there's no setup to it at all. It just, it was not set up through the whole movie's at all and then when we did get it at one point we moved on but the fact that they brought this one thing back it was like why would you bring that back I thought we were done because this already answered the question in the last movie why are we bringing it back I don't under I was like that's the one that's where it really lost me like it's bad enough the movie even the beginning of the crawl the crawl is like Oh my god, we're missing something. We are definitely missing something. It's like my friend who I saw it with. Ruby, if you're listening, shout out to you. You said it best. Basically, she said, it's like they tried to cram two movies into one. It's like, yeah, they did, didn't they? Because that's what it feels like. And 
It's so bad. And this is why if you're a director and you're doing a big franchise or whatever, especially Star Wars, do not listen to the backlash. Keep going. Make it cohesive. Like, look, this trilogy doesn't really have anything going for it because at the end of the day, there's not that one person behind the the creative decisions of being like, this is the beginning and this is the end. Go. Like, that's... I just... Yeah, The Rise of Skywalker. And it all started with... And I knew. I was so afraid I was going to hate this movie because the moment I heard Emperor Palpatine was back, I was like, oh, no. Y'all are not... You, you guys are not serious, right? And, yeah, he comes back, and it's just like, yep, yeah, when you see the movie, yeah, totally waste. Again, fan service, and again, it's not good fan service either. I'm sorry, but, like, it's bad, It's it, it's and it, it goes. The pace is very quick, and there's so many action scenes that it's like, it's not even funny. And, it's com- and this is coming from someone who loves action scenes. But like, it, this movie runs and runs and runs. It never sits still and breathes. It just, oof, oof, my head. But anyways, Rise of Skywalker. And it's not even the worst movie I've seen this year. Number two on my list. Hellboy. Again, Hellboy. What do I got to say? Just felt like, you know, he's great as Hellboy. Everything else, there was no sense of care. And that's it. And then, number one, how could it not be Dark Phoenix again? <laughs> like, Dark Phoenix. Oh my god, I just hate this movie so much because it's just like, I love these people in these roles, but oh my god, what a shitty movie. And this is how we're, this is the last time we're going to see them. And this is how you do them. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's my list. Number six, The Good Liar. Number five, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number four, Brightburn. Number three, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Number two, Hellboy. Number one, Dark Phoenix. Okay. Now, Brittany, do you have time for me to do my best movies of the year? Um, If you don't take long explaining why they're the best... I won't. Probably. So, I got honorable mentions. I will say this. So, here's my honorable mentions list. Always Be My Maybe. First Netflix movie that I loved. That's what Keanu Reeves, right? Yes. Oh, she just said she's here. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Well... Sorry. (laughs) We're gonna let Brittany go. I'm glad you were here. I'll just. I'll I'm glad. Just, I'm glad I could listen to your list. I'll. I'll definitely. I'll. I'll screenshot you my list to you. I'll text it to you. So, okay. thank you, Brittany, I won't for joining screenshot us. Mine to you. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> Take care. Alright. Bye, guys. Bye. Alrighty. Now, now that Brittany is gone, unfortunately, let's get on with our list for today. Alrighty. So. First things first. So, I start with my honorable mentions. First things first. Always be my maybe. Uh, first Netflix movie that I actually liked because I've seen a couple of Netflix movies and for me personally, not feeling it. Not felt it ever. There was only one and that was Beast of No Nation with Idris Elba and it's a very dark movie. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Always be my maybe. I really loved it because it does... Like, it does remind me of me in a way, 
especially as an adult, it's like, yeah, reconnecting with old girlfriends from the past, and it's really good. And, you know, as Brittany said, the Keanu Reeves cameo, which, having not seen it in context and just seeing the, the videos or whatever, I was like, oh, this is... Because it became a meme, and I was like, I mean, it's it's funny. I don't know what's going on, but it's pretty funny. But seeing it him in the context of the movie made so much sense now. It made a lot of sense, and I just, I loved it. I loved that he was playing himself, you know, drastically different, but yeah, it was totally great. I really liked it a lot. Another honorable mention I have, Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, I never saw a Fast and Furious prior at all. They just weren't my jam. But seeing these trailers, I was like, I got to go see this. And sure enough, had a hell of a time with it. I really loved it a lot. I just had fun with it. Like, it's one of those movies where it's it's not good, nor is it bad. It's just fun to watch. Like, you don't need... It, there's no point of, like, trying to, you know nitpick the story and make sure it's like this is all this this is right this is right no it just this is one of those movies where it's like you're just there to have fun with it and then and it delivers another honorable mention on my list us jordan peele's us uh the second uh movie or the next movie after he did get out us is very good i love the performances very creepy at times i will say the ending was like okay i yeah, I get that. I get this reveal, but yeah, I guess I'll roll with it. But other than that, I still liked it. Another one, Captain Marvel. You know, Captain Marvel, as far as the marketing goes, did nothing for me at all. And the fact that, you know, the marketing was just bad. I didn't have high expectations because I was like, I don't really care for it at all. I don't really care. Went to the movie, watched the movie, came out of the movie, and was like, wow, I don't know who was, like, marketing that, but, man, they did that movie no justice because that was actually pretty good. It was actually solid. I actually enjoyed it. Another movie, very controversial, unfortunately, but for me, The Lion King, the live-action Lion King. I really liked it. I thought it was not better than the animation movie, but it's very good, and I very much loved it, and... Yeah, it's very enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I mean, what can I say? And the CGI is just dead on perfect. So yeah, there's that. And then, for my last honorable mention, Marriage Story. The last Netflix movie I watched recently, and wow. Wow. Divorce sucks, (laughs) y'all. But I like that at the end of the day, you know, they were trying, these two characters are going through this divorce, they have a kid. They don't want, they, they're trying their best to make what's best for their kid and involving the lawyers is a bitch or whatever and all this business. And yeah, I, I truly, truly like this. Cause at the end of the day, by the end of the movie, they're still, they are still like in each other's lives. They're not like hating each other. Cause again, they don't want to make it difficult for their kid. And I truly like that. All right. Now we get into my top 10 favorite movies of 2019 starting with number 10 spider-man far from home i really like this i really again what can i say i really love the fact that you felt the weight on peter's shoulder when you know he no longer has tony stark in his life and he has to be his own person and 
all this business and Nick Fury being like, are you going to step up when the world needs you? Like, yeah, I really felt that. I really liked it. And the one moment where Tom Holland as Peter Parker breaks down in front of Happy and is like, how could I just like fail and all this business and just like breaks down in front of Happy. I felt like that was probably my favorite moment of the whole movie. You just felt the weight on his shoulders. Number nine on my movie, uh, favorite movies of the year, Rocket Man. You know, I I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Elton John fan. I mean, I know the name. Don't listen to much of his music, but I just had to see it because Taron Egerton as uh, Elton John. I was like, I I like what I'm seeing, and the fact that they incorporated musical bits, I thought that was great. I thought he was great in the role, and yeah, it's the same story that we see with. Uh, biopics, you know, have been dealing with drugs and all this business, but I enjoyed it. I think it's, if you ask me personally, I feel like it's a better movie than uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Just me, just my opinion. But yeah, it's me. Another movie, number eight on my list, John Wick Chapter 3. Now, what can I say? These movies, it's not the best of the trilogy, and the fact that we're getting the fourth one, and I, again, before I even saw the movie, when I saw there was a chapter four, I was like, why would you do that? But after chapter three, I was like, sign me the fuck up, you know? And also, I love the whole, the action's great. It's always great. Never really, it's fun to watch. And the fact that they had a whole fight sequence in the hotel, so good, so good, and... John Wick, just, yeah, I I truly like this movie a lot. It's a lot of fun. Good action, probably the best action movie I've seen this year. Definitely more so than these other ones. But yeah, that's just me. Number seven on my list, Joker. Now, Joker, again, I never had any... I, I was not down for a Joker origin movie because I felt like Joker works best when you don't know the backstory of his origin. But, again, that's me speaking as a fan. So, when I went to go see this movie, I was like, okay, I just gotta put aside my my critiques or whatever, or whatever, and just judge the movie on its own. And I loved it. I really loved it. I'll probably never watch it anytime soon, but I just loved how uncomfortable it was to watch, and very gritty and dirty, and... You just feel bad for this character, Arthur Fleck. And yeah, it just deals with uh, mental issues and society is just shit or whatever. And I, again, I'll never watch it anytime soon, but man, I really, really dug this movie a lot. So yeah, that's just me. But yeah, Joker's my number seven. Number six on my list Shazam I mean what do I need to say that I haven't said already family dynamic I love it a lot there's heart to it and then there's got some like dark moments in it it's just it's a good time I really enjoyed it number five on my list Avengers Endgame what can I say I this see this all this build up to this one movie I loved it I really, really loved it. I felt like there's not a moment in this movie where I'm like, you could take that out. And, you know, no. Like, three hours? 
it, it may seem scary, but for this movie, it totally worked for me. And I loved every fan service moment. I loved the little small moments you get. And, of course, my favorite moment of that whole movie is the last shot of Captain Mer- Steve Rogers getting his last dance with the love of his life, Peggy. I just, I love that. I love that so much. I was just like, he got what he always wanted. God damn it. Such a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Number four on my list. Ford v. Ferrari. With Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Just building a car. Trying to build the fastest car. You know, for the man. For the corporate. And ultimately getting screwed in the end. And yeah. I I loved it. This movie made me want to like be maybe inspired to like go build cars or something you know it just felt like yeah because you could just see in the passion they have this passion to build a car just the fastest car they can make and with all these uh scientific things of how it needs this this and that to make sure this doesn't happen that doesn't happen and it'll make the car go faster and yeah i i loved it i (laughs) i hope I can just see this movie in nominated for Best Supporting and Best Leading along with maybe Best Script. I could totally see that happening as well. But yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with Ford v. Ferrari. And you don't even see the race to the very end, which I really dug. I love that we got to see the flesh out of uh, the building of the car. Number three on my list. Knives out, baby. Oh, man. Talk about a stellar cast. And, you know, in the beginning, you know, before you even saw the movie, you think it's going to go one way. But then it does something which could have gone horribly wrong. But they do this thing in, like, the first... And somewhere in the 30-minute mark or somewhere where they revealed the the thing you know what actually happened or whatever which is kind of like what and then turns into a different kind of movie it's like not different kind of movie but like it's hard to describe it i mean it definitely goes a different direction that you were led to believe and yet it worked it could have gone so horribly wrong but somehow ryan johnson just made it happen and i i loved it i love that it just flipped it on its head and I just love that I love that and honestly I could see this movie also getting nominated for an Oscar for script I could see it like I wouldn't be surprised I mean honestly if I had to pick it today I would say that deserves the best screenplay because that was awesome I really loved what they did with the movie so yeah there's that number two on my list Jojo Rabbit I mean all I'm gonna say is if you don't know what Jojo Rabbit is about, go watch the trailer. Because me describing this movie might put you off to it, but it's just like you gotta watch the trailer to understand. But yeah, I yeah. I really liked it. I mean, it's very funny and it's very dark too. And the sh- ooh, the shoes. The shoes in this movie. There's a moment that deals with a shot of shoes and it's just like really took me by surprise and I was like, oh my fucking god. Again, just oof, oof, hit hit me like crazy. But yeah, again, 
Can't talk about it too much because, again, watch that trailer. You'll understand why I'm not giving, like, details and plots because it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I say it, it's going to make it seem like I'm this kind of person. It's like, no, you just got to watch that trailer to understand what I'm trying to say. But anyways, my number one movie of the year, Booksmart. Oh my god, I love this movie. It's very funny. I love the leads in it, and I buy them as friends, and the whole plot is basically they're, they have one last night to party all out, because they, all they were all about in their high school experience was trying to get A's and getting the best scholarship, when really, most of the people that they went with, even if they were stupid or whatever, they still got accepted to college, and the fact that they were so focused, determined to do better and be like, we're going to get in the best schools or whatever, but never really had fun in high school. Never got to the parties, and yeah, I love this. I love the two leads in it. I just, and Olivia Wilde, such a great, did so good on this, on her first movie. I loved it. I loved it a lot. But yeah, that's, that's, that's my top 10 movies of the year to recap. Number 10, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number 9, Rocketman. Number 8, John Wick Chapter 3. Number 7, Joker. Number 6, Shazam. Number 5, Avengers Endgame. Number 4, Ford v. Ferrari. Number 3, Knives Out. Number 2, Jojo Rabbit. Number 1, Booksmart. And yeah, that's that's my top 10 movies in 2019. 2020. Who knows? <laughs> I didn't make the uh, most anticipated movies in 2020. Um, I probably won't do that. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But thank you once again for joining. Uh, Listen to another episode of Spoiler Appetite. And thank you, Brittany, again for coming in for what limited time you had to uh, talk with me and whatnot pretty sure she won't be listening to this episode but um anyway so yeah that's been spoil your appetite for this week i'm tristan and you've just been spoiled